Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Arsenal just don't have a Tom Kearney, Jim. Apparently not. No, apparently we don't. <laughs> don't have a Polina either. No. When it started raining, the glee on his face. <laughs> oh, the distance I'll get on these slides. He doesn't always need to go to ground. It's, just... it's like a man at a water park. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lifelong project of a life on the lash, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Liverpool are top, but Arsenal are struggling. It's Tuesday, 2nd of January. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vedushan Antaraja. Oi, oi, happy new year and all that bollocks, everybody. How you doing, Brassel? Oi, oi. Good. Come on. It's 2024, the year of us. <laughs> did you have to open 2024? Did that right kind of fall at your door? Or? I, 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 I tried to even get the keys out of his I, pocket. I turned up to do it. Pitbull had already done it. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody thought, time zones. And I thought, if I'm going to be upstaged by somebody... Then fair play. The bull. The bull. Old Pitt is himself. Vish, nice to see you here, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've um, I've eaten a lot over the last few weeks and I'm more sluggish than ever. Excellent. <laughs> Bring on 2024. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay. no, Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, yeah. And everyone listening. And you, of course. Marcus, <laughs> right? You looked at me like I was. You wanted to, uh, me to wish you specifically, so Don't I thought I'd do. Never that. refer to me as everyone. Now, big news, Jim Campbell, is mm. we have a winner for our first Toshiba Fire QLED TV. Here we go. Our winner is the wonderfully named Lydia Bliss. Lydia Bliss. How about that? 
Lydia, we've emailed you, so please respond with your address and the good people at Toshiba will get you your brand new 50-inch TV delivered right away. So for anyone else, don't worry, because we've got, we've got two more to give away. Okay, so before you get all envious of Lydia Bliss, just calm down and listen to the end of today's show after the ads where Pete Donaldson will tell you how to enter round two. To, to win another. It's not like you've got to go through loads yeah, of rounds to like get to the... <laughs> <laughs> not like the Nations League. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so Pete will tell you how to enter Group D uh, to get into the... Uh, to win this... Uh, one of our two uh, remaining televisions. The entries have been reset. So if you've already entered, you need to put your name in the hat once again. So please note that, unfortunately, only UK listeners are eligible uh, to enter. Um, we will announce the winner of our second TV on Friday. There we are. Right, let's start with some highlights of the weekend. Andy Brassel, get us off to a blistering start, please. Well, as everyone knows, of course, it's uh, AFCON month and Asian Cup month. Mm. And I think it's lovely that I, as the supporter of a League Two team, mm. am in the position to exult mm. that two of our players have been called up or complain that we'll be without them for January. So Ali Alhamadi, mm. we knew, was going off with Iraq to the, the Asian Cup, but mm. his strike partner, Omar Bugil, is going with Lebanon as well. Right. So, so we'll be scouring the loan market, but I, I have found in general, right. people are just pleased for them rather than, oh, you're going to miss a load of games. Yeah. But yeah. So, you're, so, so... In a it was a, what is your highlight? The fact that you've got two two of our players going to go up to a major a boast. You've chosen this yeah. this section to boast, have you? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. and he, and he called them our players, not AFC Wimbledon's players. Yeah. Okay, Andy. I'm professional. Very. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is nice. I like that. A couple of um, of your players will get a break from AFC Wimbledon and go <laughs> on the international stage. Uh, good luck to them, uh, Vitushin. Uh, my highlight of the week is Noni Manueke calling Jules Breach bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At Luton Chelsea. Yeah, it was at the end of the game. Uh, she was interviewing Manueke and Cole Palmer and uh, she wished them a happy new year and Manueke went, cheers bro. <laughs> and to be fair, Jules Breach is a bro, you know. So yeah. um, I know a lot, of people in this room, a lot of people in this room have said some quite heinous things about I'm looking at you Andy um, <laughs> but no she's a, she's a good egg but no I, I just really enjoyed that Yeah, former presenter sweet. of the Football Ramble of course we yeah, should course, say for those yeah. who don't know and uh, used to give you a torrid time but of course now she's no longer a part of this parish doesn't have the right to reply Madueke's taken on the mantle so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim Campbell um, on Sunday I went for a lovely stroll through uh, through Fulham uh, with, mm. with my friend and yours Marcus Seaspeller here I am um, I won't call you everyone as well. You, you are separate from that, I suppose. And uh, yeah, after that, it got a bit shit. But th but that bit was nice. Yeah. Like, I do recommend having a lovely little <laughs> stroll through that part of the world with Marcus. It will mm -hmm. be pleasant. The company will be great. The Thanks, chat man. will be exceptional. Mm -hmm. Again, what happens after that might not be as good, uh -huh. which we'll come on to. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was that was what I've pulled from the record yeah, what was the second, weekend. What was the second stroll like on the way back? The second stroll on the way back was um, it had been raining for mm. ages, it was muddy, and it was shit. Mm. <laughs> um, tell the people how the locals kind of respond to me as I walk through um, Putney and Fulham. They sort of, um, they all bow. Yeah. It's really... It's, even in the mud. Quite something, even in the mud. Yeah, wow. he prefers that. They will they will lay their, their items, their garments um, yes. beneath right, his right. feet when there's right. mud. And there's yeah. it's some fine stuff as well, oh, as yeah. you can imagine in that part of the world. Absolutely right, so. yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's it's, it's quite quite beautiful mm. and, and haunting because none of them make a sound mm. or eye contact. Quite, quite eerie. Yeah, mm. you sense like, that they're frightened of their ruler. Yeah, and that they they've wronged him before mm. and paid Learned. the price. Yeah, they've yeah. seen what's happened to mm. someone who's spoken right. up. We've got a good agreement. They'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> My highlight of um, the weekend, of course, was uh, Tom Kearney being offered a contract extension at Fulham. Get that man signed up. Man of the match, of course, he was against Arsenal. But more on that in a short while, Jim. Uh, we've got the small matter of uh, Liverpool 4, Newcastle United <laughs> 2 to get through. My goodness, all the goals in the second half. Uh, for anybody who turned off at halftime thinking, oh, you know, not really, uh, you fools, mm. you bloody fools. Um, but, uh, it, you know, some of the stats, Andy, I know you're a fan of XG. Liverpool had 7.27 XG in that game, the highest since the Premier League started measuring expected goals. Normally, Marcus, I would check a stat that jumps out like that, but I don't feel the need to Mm. on this occasion. And may I say, if anyone did turn off at halftime, more for them, not because of what happened in the second half, but you could definitely tell that something was going to happen. It was it was a mad game to be, be nil-nil at halftime. Yes, it was, yeah. And uh, obviously Salah had missed a penalty in, in the first half. It was a great save, but he, he made amends after. But, I mean, it was very, very entertaining. Obviously, Liverpool go top-vish. They've been, um, they've been hanging around the top of the table for a while. I mean, how good a performance... Hanging around the top of the table. Yeah. Like, they do, like they're loitering. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think... Like I... he's a slot machine. He's just, it's going to pay out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still think that... I get the impression that some people are still not quite convinced about Liverpool mm. this season. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I am, I, I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Um, but, but I think that kind of played out yesterday in the first half, didn't it? Mm-hmm. You you know, all, I suppose, the Manchester United game where they, they should have won. They, you know, their lead currently is... Um, three points over Villa. Um, it probably should be five because they should have won that game against United. But it was that United game, and mm-hmm. and I suppose just the the frustration they were clearly um, showing in that first half, and you know the chances Newcastle had as well. Newcastle had the ball in the back of the net. Mm. Yeah, bear in mind um, before it was ruled out for offside, rightly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that's why they they do look they you know they went on a decent run, which is why they're in this position. Yeah. But you see a lot of them in play that you're like, eh, something doesn't quite fit here. Everything's a little bit disjointed. But mm. then when they, you know, when they have the second half that they do yesterday, you're like, okay, fine, fair enough. But I suppose you can see why it's why people think it's unsustainable. Yeah, I mean, they've only lost once all season. Yeah, they've got the best goal difference in the league. Only Manchester City have scored more than them. You know, like, and as, as you say, they're top and and we're yeah, in a tight from, pack at the top. But, but it's, from, it's also it's also the only, isn't it? It's only Manchester City. Yeah, because it's always Manchester City. Well, Manchester City win their game in hand, they'll be two points behind Liverpool, yeah. which 20 games into the season, Andy, I'm mm. sure at the start of the season, Liverpool fans would have bitten both of your hands off. For. I know about that. I think knowing what City are like in the second half of the season, you want more of a lead. Do you think uh, that's yeah, it? Yeah, de- definitely. definitely. And I think the issue is not that Liverpool aren't good, not that they aren't capable of winning the league, but they're far from flawless, I, I think is the issue. And if we're talking about loitering, the loiterers mm-hmm. are Manchester City. They're the loomers, actually, aren't they? Because they've started to find... You're talking about the treble winners from last season, Andy. Yeah, but, you know, they've they've had a, a difficult patch, a very difficult patch, and there's, there's no getting away from that. Whereas now, there are only a few tiny little signs that you know they're going to do that thing where they really extend themselves and how Liverpool and everyone else cope with that is 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 the big question I th- cope without I've, Mo Salah as well of yeah course. I think the thing I've always found well yeah I guess we'll come back to Salah I, I guess the thing that I've always found interesting about Liverpool in this first half of the season is how they've managed to 
get themselves to this position, despite the fact that they are clearly quite a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have their good bits. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But they can get so much better. So Darwin can start putting his chances away. Mm. That midfield who... I still think, like, if we sat around and discussed for 15 minutes what their best midfield was, their best midfield three was, I don't think we'd come to a consensus between us. And, of course, Endo going off as, as, as well for, for, for January is, is a big deal for them, I would suggest. Not quite as big a deal as Salah, but a big deal nevertheless. But, yeah, those, those moments where you still think, if Liverpool are really going to win the title... Like this is a game they should have put away really easily, and you talked about the the Salah penalty in the first half. I mean, it was a, it was a decent save from Dubravka, but that wasn't really the miss. That the Trent Alexander Arnold one, it was, it was an extraordinary miss because you could see it coming back from Dubravka, and you thought, oh, "He's definitely going to score this because he's taking his time over it. He's got his eye on it, and then he just completely shins it." Do you it's, think it's, he, it's, but, it's really strange? But can I? Can we also talk about the half volley? From out wide on the right, that hit we the can. bar. We can. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, yeah, stunning. Roberto Carlos was applauding. That. Yeah, well, yeah. well, Jamie Carragher <laughs> referencing the uh, yeah. Roberto Carlos goal because it was um, that's the only yeah. other reference I've got from, which yeah. is why it's such a rare thing, and it's and it's it's gutting from the football for, for a football purist that it didn't go in. I, yeah. I thought that even even as a Manchester United fan, I was like, we that deserves to go yeah. in, mm. and I, I suppose we're in a, we're in an era now with um, highlights and the way people just like churn them out on, on social media that it, it was immediately out on yeah. Twitter formerly known as sorry currently known as X that's right um, hopefully it, in, you know, in future it will be formally known as X yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know within a matter of minutes um, so you know it, it's there for everyone to see but it's just a gorgeous strike but do you think that's why he missed that chance with the, with the penalty he's used to just whacking them from far out so if he's a bit closer got to put the laces through it he doesn't I, know I, I thought he'd hit it into the ground uh, with the one that he put over the bar. Yeah. Well, maybe he just had a little bit too much time to decide what to do with it. Who knows? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Liverpool, uh, you know, win the game sort of fairly comfortably. One of the more controversial moments of the game was when uh, Jota went down sort of fairly easily for, for Salah's um, second penalty. Well, what do you think of this one, Jim? I mean, some say, you know, why, why, uh, Jamie Carroll said, why did he go down? He could have carried on. Yeah. But that's, I suppose that's... Perhaps not. That's not where the controversy is. The controversy is the, the awarding of the penalty. Yeah, I'm sort of slightly baffled as to as to how he went down. I think he's probably he, he, he's felt contact, isn't there? There's a tiny, he's, tiny bit of it there. He's, he's decided gone, you know to what? go down. I'll um, I'll kind of reduce the odds here, presumably. I guess these decisions are made really, really quickly, and it, mm-hmm. it looks like a crazy, crazy decision to make, doesn't it? In mm-hmm. in real time, but obviously you're thinking very fast in a situation like this. But yeah, I, the whole thing's. Very confusing. Well, I mean, there was the other one, of course, uh, up the other end, Newcastle, uh, thought they should have had a penalty. Were you surprised not more was made of that at the time? I know they check everything, so and, and because we only know they're checking it because the commentators tell us. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the ball had gone back the other end, hadn't it? Um, it was only when Eddie Howe brought it up at the end that you thought, oh yeah, right, that was actually something. Because Endo clips uh, Longstaff's heels after um, chesting that ball from Anthony Gordon. And I think maybe they didn't look at it because... Well, Longstaff didn't appeal. Che- yeah, well, because he chests it into... I think he didn't appeal because he was annoyed that he didn't have a better control of the ball. Because he basically chests it back to Alisson yeah. instead of properly running onto it. But yeah, that was a little bit odd. Well, I, th- I yeah, I... I didn't. Anyway, look, it wasn't given, and and Howe was obviously quite annoyed at that. Um, you know, after the game, he sort of he spoke about it, and he not that long ago on the pod, Luke, you and I were talking about Eddie Howe, and Luke suggested that he would be under pressure and and was concerned about his uh, position at Newcastle United if this kind of continues. And you and I sort of agreed with you. I'm sure a lot of people did. Was like Howe's got a lot of good credit in the bank there, mm. but the run they're on is poor. 
and they've yeah, got has got some tough games coming up. It, it is, um, but I, you know, I, I still stand by what I said. Uh, I I think. There's How long under- are you going to stand for that? <laughs> till till one. I have win, a one in thirty. One I win stand out of twenty six. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you have to bear in mind that everyone there, as I said at the time, knew it would be a difficult season. Mm. And you look at the resources that are available at the moment. Just saying, oh, we got the PIF money. <laughs> that doesn't really that doesn't really make any sense when you look at the squad they've got and the mm. the, the strength in depth that that they need at, at the moment. Of course, I, I guess if there are questions over how. It's like, for example, why do you bring in, say, Hall and not give him a game? Because mm-hmm. he, he should have had a few by now. And, you know, maybe there's a doubt over him. Maybe he's not adapting. You know, we, we, we don't really know. But it seems to me unusual in a position in which they've been a little bit weak that he, for example, hasn't had more games. So maybe that's a sense that he could have rotated a little bit more. And, of course, the question that maybe he flogs his team a bit hard because, you know, it's it's a really physically intensive way of, of of playing having said that I, st- I still don't think he's in any trouble at all I think you have to be realistic I mean I think it would be silly if they if they, if they did that yeah, yeah I, I mean I mean the, the question was did I think he was in trouble not do I think he should be in trouble of course I I, I would say no and no yeah still but you know it, it, it wasn't a great performance they 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 looked pretty shoddy having said that I think the fact that they managed to kind of cling on and keep themselves in the game for for so long Mm -hmm. gives them a bit of credit. It reminded me a bit of, you know that uh, Spurs-Barcelona game Mm -hmm. at Wembley? Yeah, 4-2. Yeah, where Messi and Rakitic are absolutely taking Spurs to bits. And there are bits in that game where you're thinking, how are Spurs still even in this? How is this possible? And I think this is very similar. Yeah, and I I think that's a fairly good comparison as well. Um, Ideally, we wanted a third Newcastle goal, right? Liverpool-Newcastle should always be four. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. And you yeah, have a go at me for 90s references. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes. Um, Jürgen Klopp lost his ring while celebrating with uh, with some Liverpool he fans, did. Jim. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, he said a really funny thing about that after the game as well. He said, I lost it once and I needed a professional diver because I lost it in the sea. From time to time, it happens when I lose one or two kilos. I was too lively and I lost it and I had a massive shock. The cameraman annoyed me quite a few times this season, but now he has a lot of shots free because that was really important. It's like, still having a dig. Just <laughs> like, like, anyone in... Klopp's orbit tends to just sort of catch strays when he's sort of yeah. in a particular mood. Uh, but he got the ring back. He did. So um, thank thanks you. for the quick thinking of the cameraman. <laughs> well, the, well the, the regular speed looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Deary me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Liverpool are top um, and Newcastle, they are you know, all the way down in ninth now. Quite incredibly. I had to double check that, everybody. Mm. Yeah, they've got, got a pig of a run as well. They've got um, City up next, obviously, so that's not mm. ideal, is it? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of put it into context, how you know poorly their season has, has started to become. They're only one point above Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so, so there you go. They're behind Manchester United as well. They are. <laughs> I, I honestly saw them at the start of the season and thought, this is a season where if they have it tough, they can finish 14. Well, there's, there's so, a, so a lot if, of football and a lot of intense football to if be played. They, if they get... I, th- I think the general feeling is if they get any sort of European qualification out of this season, that's pretty decent. And do you know what? Mm. I think people within the club thought that would be a decent result at the start. Of the so if, if that were to be the case, and they were to, or were it rather not to be the case, and they finished outside the European places, do you think they'd even stick with how then? Or would that be too much of a maybe? I, I think it, I think it's I think it's more about the manner. And we're talking about a regression. We're talking about a regression from. A fourth place spot that was almost impossible to repeat exactly from an overachievement. Yeah. Um, 
Liverpool, of course, will be without Mo Salah. As we said, he's going off to the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, he did say any Liverpool player can do what he does. <laughs> I think we've you've proven that not to be the case, Mo. Yeah. yeah. Um, one player who won't be heading to the Africa Cup of Nations, everybody, is Guinea midfielder Morley Silla. Um, he's been left out of the squad after a fallout with his teammates and manager back in the summer where he accused them all of stealing the shirt he'd swapped with Vinicius Jr. I Way to prove you definitely nicked it. Story. <laughs> I, I love you this story. You all stole it. They're all. <laughs> there's loads of selfies of them. Take it. Take it. <laughs> you have it for a week. <laughs> but it's gone somewhere, isn't it? Well, someone's had it. It's not in old. Yeah, I don't. It's. It's, it's fair to say it was a, a surprise. Um, surprise for Scylla. Right. Jesus. Oh, um, it's not even a '90s reference. That no. I, I, Scylla was operating in the 90s. She was operating in the 90s. <laughs> she was still at large. Yeah. It wasn't vintage Scylla, but it was still Scylla. In fact, I would argue it was all vintage Scylla. She was beyond her thieving days, but yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, Fulham 2 well, She was a thief, was she? Yeah, she stole Dion Warwick's songs. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were about to say she stole Dion Warwick's like, purse or something. No, <laughs> no. It's much better, you know, if you, st- <laughs> you steal a shirt, yeah, don't steal someone's back catalogue. Yeah. All right, okay. Fulham 2, Arsenal 1. <laughs> oh, God, can we just keep talking about Scylla? <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal lost for the second time in the space of a week. They ended the year in fourth, having been top at Christmas. Arteta called it Arsenal's worst performance of the season. A Fulham fan was caught on camera mimicking Arsenal fans' tears, Jim. I saw him, yeah. You were sat mm. next to him, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in the Fulham end with Mark, as we've discussed. So yeah. That was quite unpleasant. Um, although right. there are, if, there, if there's any ground in the Premier League you want to be in that situation in, it is Craven Cottage because it was still fine. You can yeah, say a lot of things very, very obvious. Unpleasant. Thought. Yeah, I was going to say. Mm. Yeah. People still think it's a neutral stand, by the way, and I understand right. why. But, uh, um, but you've it, turned them all into ultras. Hasn't been a neutral stand for many, many years, of course, right. at Fulham. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, as I say, some people may um, be forgiven for thinking that it still was. Uh, but yeah, great win for Fulham. You got to say, Vish, uh, they they hadn't won in in a few games in the Premier League. Um, obviously, they had their back to back five nil wins, which we will never ever forget. But they'd gone on a bit of a, an unpleasant run. Um, but now they're back. It's fair to say. But they were brilliant, though. They they really really were. And Raul Jimenez straight back in the side, Andy. Bang! That's what you get. Well, that that's really what makes the difference between a decent Fulham season and a struggling Fulham season because I, I, I know you've been trying to wean yourself off him but the whole not having Mitrovic anymore thing well, like, like re- replacing a player like that when you're at Fulham sort of level it's really really complicated because it's going to normally cost you the, the thick end of 40-50 million if you can get that player to come mm. so really you have to stake yourself on a player who's not doing it elsewhere. But him and the is buffers now elsewhere. It. But that's where he's he scoring was, goals. He wasn't scoring goals. Yeah. So they took a massive punt on him, really. This is all ancient history been, now, Andy, well, by the way. But they've been rewarded by yeah. by taking that punt. Exactly, they? yeah. And and now he's you know, there was chat, is he gonna is he gonna be the starting striker or are they gonna have to go for one of the, you know, um, mm. uh, you know, um Carlos Vinicius and uh, one or two others that they, mm. they could try out. He's in the band now. Mm. It's all suddenly changed. You and know, that was a really great finish as well. It was yeah. a beautiful finish. Really yeah, you see him now playing with confidence, and he is the the Raul Jimenez that we all know and love, and it's beautiful to see, quite frankly. Yeah, you would you would think that scoring against Arsenal would mean quite a lot to him as well, given that it was the 
it was against Arsenal where he, he had that horrible injury that oh, actually yeah, took course, so much yeah. of his, his career uh, mm. away from him. And that was the concern, wasn't it? We, we were all kind of worried that this really, mm. really great, quite elegant striker wasn't mm. necessarily going to get back to that level. And despite it obviously um, being a painful blow for me, <laughs> um, you, you can't help but be thrilled for him. And I, I really hope he, he can just keep that form up and that... yeah. Maybe it was a psychological barrier he needed to cross, but it looks like he's crossed it now. He's, he's playing with so much confidence. It's a really unlikely comeback, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and it's quite. It feels like it's already been quite a seminal season for him, not least because he, as you say, like just from from us watching him, he does seem back to the player he was before the injury. Um, but also, it was only about a month ago that he scored his first header since that injury as well. So little things like that all mm-hmm. play a part in it. I think it, it's not the it's understated, but I suppose we don't necessarily really talk about the psychological trauma of, of something like that and how yeah. difficult it is to come back from it in part because there is just so much football you end up talking yeah. about loads of different things but no it's great to see um, and I thought the you know just to move on to the Arsenal slant of it Jamie Carragher mentioned something uh, yesterday um, you know looking back on the game and that he said that the problem with Arsenal's front three at the moment is that feel everything feels quite choreographed and that's not mm. necessarily just a front three problem mm. um, but you know I, I've you know, watched a fair bit of Arsenal this season and I felt like that's kind of the case but more after Carragher said it when I thought well I suppose you do know how they're going to play and it feels like when you're watching Arsenal there are these elaborate set plays that look really pretty and intricate and obviously when it doesn't go right you kind of think oh maybe they're not mm. as Carragher said off the cuff enough but Jim you obviously, obviously see them in the flesh more and more um, has that come to pass in December at all? Then? I think so. Yeah, I think um, standards have dropped in general, and that make, that's making everything look really difficult at the moment. And I think um, that kind of predictability, or the, I suppose you know the, the kind of choreographed nature of it, as, as Carragher sort of put it, is is a symptom of that. Um, Arteta spoke a lot at the start of the season about wanting to control games more, and just just um, the the payoff of that was that you lose a bit of that kind of fluidity that that made made them quite an exciting team to watch last season. They've been they've not been as good to watch this season, and I think actually what what has happened is in controlling games more, con- sort of controlling possession more. It's actually it's become so, sort of ineffective, and it's, mm. it's uh, yeah. it, it, when it when it doesn't work, and when the the team aren't at the races, it just becomes a lot of sort of meaningless possession that get, gets shuffled wide. The main problem at the moment is the pace of everything. I think mm. everything is Ooh. slightly slow, slightly ponderous. So it's not just that um, teams can predict what they're going to do; teams have times to set themselves against it as yeah. well. Like just the, the ball is is just not moving fast enough, and that seems to be at the root of they all of the problems. They didn't create anything against Fulham. No. I mean, Saka had that chance, but it was from a real defensive balls up between Bassey and Robinson, who were brilliant, by the way. And I'm obviously, I'm glad as a Fulham fan, but, but I'm glad that never went in because both of them were brilliant. I mean, Robinson... Polina as well. Pal- oh, I mean, Polina, but Fulham have got such a nice balance in midfield now. You've got, you know, the magnificent Tom Kearney in there doing his thing, Polina munching away. Uh, and then Iwobi, who's full of industry, and if not Iwobi, Pereira. And, you know... Arsenal just don't have a Tom Kearney, Jim. Apparently not. No, apparently we don't. <laughs> don't have a Polina either. No. I mean, he's got, in the flesh, that man's legs. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we've all seen Jacopolini. We know how good he is. We know he loves a slide tackle, but you're right, in, in the flesh. When it started rating, when it started raining, the glee on his face, like, oh, the distance I'll get on these slides. He doesn't always need to go to ground. It's, just... it's like a man at a water park. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, generally it's considered You know like sign... the kids at weddings when they do these slides yeah. on the dance floor? There's an element of that. 
that I feel about yeah. Polina. If a player goes to ground and mm. attempts a slide tackle, mm. the, the, the kind of received wisdom is that they, they're only in that situation because they've let things get desperate. Yes, yeah. he's the complete opposite. Yeah, he's he, just so good at it. He should never ever play in Southern Europe. <laughs> just doesn't rain <laughs> enough. You know? right. it's a, too dry. It's, it's a funny thing though, isn't it? When you see him playing as he is at the moment after that little hiccup at the start of the season. It underlines how incredibly valuable he is. Like Fulham yeah. are going to make a fortune from him because so many top teams, not just would love a player like that, they would love him yes. specifically. Absolutely, I, th- I think that's the thing. But in terms of Arsenal, Jim, I, w- I wanted to ask actually. You know, you, you're really you know, getting it today, you, aren't you? <laughs> you really are. You know, um, are you going to still support them? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you going to stand by Arsenal Football Club? <laughs> He's, he's already in the neutral yeah. stand. Yeah. Yeah. Do you now disrespect Arsenal yeah. fan TV? <laughs> <laughs> no more than before. <laughs> I, th- I think the thing that struck me about this is the fact that you've got to kind of manage games at this time of, yeah. of, of year, haven't you? Because they're all so incredibly close together. It's almost like the goal did come a little bit early because it's like, okay, right, we've got over the hump. Mm-hmm. We've got ourselves in front because they seem to shut off after that. And, I know that you said there've been difficulties with Arsenal recently. You know, putting the ball in the back of the net is maybe not been that fluid, etc. But the performances haven't been terrible. Well, this is whereas, it. Yeah, whereas apart this, from this one was, was different. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the Villa game. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know it was frustrating to lose it, obviously, but uh, uh, there was still a lot of positivity there because they played really well in the game. The yeah. West Ham game. West Ham were absolutely brilliant at sort of limiting the quality of Arsenal shots, but they did have a lot of shots. This yeah. was completely different, as yeah. you say. It was it was just really really stodgy, and I think. The, Probably some sort of confidence issue in there as well. And I think actually, it's easy to be wise after the fact, this was probably a Jorginho and Rice game because um, there just wasn't the control in the midfield needed to um, just, you know, as a platform for, for attacks. It was just really, really stodgy. And I think as well, actually, something that's maybe starting to show is the absence of Thomas Partey because he is a player yeah. who can uh, just progress the ball very well, very quickly. And as I've said, that's that's what has not been happening so much. Mm. So, and, you know. and it's how Arsenal respond because yeah. you know, Manchester I mean, you've got to do without the players you're missing, obviously, and find alternative solutions. But I of think, course. I think he's, you know, his skill set is one that's, that's but it, lacking. Indeed, but it's, but it's, it's how Arsenal respond to this because, you know, Manchester City have, have you know, sort of skewed this a bit and, and, and to a little bit of a lesser extent Liverpool in recent seasons. Most of the time, Teams do have a little bit of a blip, yeah. even if they go on to win a title. You know, Ferguson's United, you know, there was, you know, 90s reference, always lose away at Southampton and get hammered. And they go, hey, what's all this about? And you know, there was, yeah. there's a bit of ebb and flow. You know, Liverpool um, people, Liverpool have been consistent, despite people not being too sure. Um, at Aston Villa, you know, they get a, 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 a penalty in the last minute against 10-man Burnley and they get a vital win. Otherwise, that would have been three games without a victory for them in their... Um, but they've not uh, played well in any of them. No, so that, so, so that was, it was a huge win just in, in terms of the actual three points. Um, Manchester City have had a, a, a blip this season. They did last season. Look what they went on to do. So so with Arsenal, with five points off the top of the league, it's still all to play for. Of course it is. Mm. Um, it's just now how they respond. You know, the Absolutely. next games are crucial. And in fact, even though it's Liverpool, perhaps it's, it's, it's better if it's in the cup. It'll be interesting to see how Arteta um, responds, of course. But a concerning thing about this is that we're having this conversation on 2nd of January because obviously the extension to that conversation is what are they going to do in the window? Well, yeah. I don't really think they need to do that much. The squad's pretty good. They've got Andy, loads of options. All eyes on the window. And no doubt all eyes on you because you're you're a part of the uh, 
the transfer window furniture now. Well, app- apparently, yellow tie is no longer welcome. Uh huh. But uh, but shiny trousers are, which we've seen <laughs> you do. Um, uh, right before we go for a break, remember to listen to yesterday's New Year's Day special. Myself, Luke Vish, and Jim shared our New Year's resolutions for football. Do listen to that right after this episode if you haven't heard it already. <laughs> This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Thanks to a friend of the Ramble, Paddy, for choosing that clip. You can become a friend of the Ramble, too, by heading over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble. And, of course, that goal was the miracle at Arbroath on Saturday. Scottish Championship strugglers Arbroath were 2-0 down against the league leaders, Wraith Rovers. Scottish Championship, the second tier of Scottish football. It's not like some sort of, you know, Sunday league or, you know, amateur level. This this is a, a, you know, second tier. Um, of of uh, a very fine country when it comes to the football and history and so on. And and they're against the league leaders, Wraith Rovers. Um, uh, Jim McIntyre, only four players on the bench, are both managers. So um, in the 58th minute, he put on the second goalkeeper, Ali Adams. 58th minute? Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what I mean. <laughs> Against the, the Scottish Championship League leaders. Yeah. Bare bones. Doesn't do it justice. Three it? minutes later, Wraith Rovers go 2-0 up. Uh, in the 76th minute, Adam scored an absolute beauty on the turn from about 30, 35 yards out. It's an absolute peach. So, yeah. do, I mean, that, genuinely, like, a top notch finish. If you haven't seen yeah. it, you, yeah. you'd be astonished it was a goalkeeper and you didn't know. But it's like, it's the fact that the, the way he turns and he, he's already kind of worked out what he's going to do. Mm. It's not just, it's not just it's dropped to him and he's kind of going, that's a bit of a hit and hope. Yeah, he's not run onto it. He's it, turned. Yeah, it, it looks <laughs> yeah. like it's like peak Ibrahimovic well, stuff. Like, they so kick clean. it really hard, can't they, goalkeepers? Sometimes, well, it's like sometimes Kevin Pressman taking simple. a pen. But yes, it wasn't dissimilar to that actually, was it? Yeah, it's, it's that type of idea. Blast of it, yeah. Goal of the season already. Well, so as as is the way with modern football consumption, I spent a lot of the weekend massively overthinking this, and because you know, so goalkeepers generally good strikers of the world, as you've mentioned with Pressman there, um, and also you know in the warm ups mm-hmm. they kind of and in training as well they hit half volleys to each other, yeah. so like to test each other out in goal. And often that is the job of the second goalkeeper yes. to work out the Ooh. the number one, which is why Ali Adams, you know, actually it's not a surprise really that he scored a banger from thirty yards. <laughs> is that is that a thing people should do more often then? Well, I just think they do it, which is why he was able to get yeah. such a clean try, and they ended up oh. drawing the game. Yeah, yeah, well, it's incredible. The miracle of our bros, everybody. <laughs> uh, right, it's time for an update on the Football Ramble Acker with Betfair. Every weekend, we're placing a £10 Acker on four match odds 90 markets across the Premier League where any winning bets are paid out in 90 minutes. So you don't need to worry about any stoppage time drama ruining your bet. Game one, Andy picked Brentford to beat Crystal Palace. Palace won 3 1, of course. Jim, you picked Aston Villa to beat Burnley. They did 3 2. But they did. They did it. Uh, Luke picked Nottingham Forest to beat Manchester United. The Tricky Trees won 2-1. I picked Wolves and Everton to draw. And that didn't happen because Wolves won 3-0. I should have known better. Uh, remember with Betfair this season, when you place a bet on their match odds 90 markets, you will get your winning bet paid out in full at 90 minutes. Now let us go to that match. Nottingham Forest 2, Manchester United 1. Forest beat Manchester United for the first time since... 1994. You've got to be pleased for the vision. Yeah, exactly. Over the moon. Yeah. Well done, then. Well done, then. What were you doing in 1994? Uh, hey, well, this is dangerous if we start. Girls who like boys, who like boys, who like girls, who do boys, who like girls. You weren't bopping to blur then? Uh, no, no, very late to blur. Very late to a lot of uh, music of that era. Um, oh, you, and but, I, you and I need to have a wee chat. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've done enough of that kind of stuff. Uh, especially about uh, 90s, early 90s music. Okay, well, well, let's talk about the here and now then. 2-1, mate. Actually, yeah, let's talk about blur. <laughs> Can we talk more about blur? We could talk about uh, Manchester United, how they were then compared to now. But yes, another poor result and performance from them. And Forrest with good value. Mm. Yeah, very good value. I thought the most impressive thing from Forrest's point of view was they I thought they were too respectful of United in the first half uh-huh. and they came out in the second half and basically clearly had a conversation at half time where they were like right actually these are there for the taking you know gonna... it's lads it's Man United yeah yeah <laughs> but, but to a point because they came out and they were they were just a lot more intense with the ball they committed a few more men forward and that ended up playing out in I suppose in more in Gibbs White's uh, mm-hmm. winner than the the opening goal but from Dominguez but yeah they were really impressive and and genuinely mm-hmm. throughout the game the biggest threat to Forest goal was Matt Turner yes he was there to protect it, it was a sh- <laughs> I mean Gary Neville was really damning yeah he but, was but, he, I, I, but, but he, he was sorry he was dreadful yeah okay fine yeah, but and then and then often, made amends yeah. I think he made amends though do you have a co-commentator 
on you know an official broadcast if you like going he's useless with his feet those were the exact yeah. words but he, but he was <laughs> he, he kicked the ball to himself and it was so comical they let it slide as the back pass I mean, it's, it's, and I understood that yeah I mean, it's almost it depends, like it went through a vortex of this is really shit let him pick yeah, it up it depends how literal we're being because obviously you know he's better than us with his feet Andy but in the context of the game <laughs> it was dreadful no, no but he wasn't saying he has been useless with his feet in this moment he yeah. is saying globally mm. he is useless with his feet so right. it's quite um, well, it's quite the, a permanent criticism of him mm. now I, I he's seen him as Charles Barkley yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, it's it's fair to say that Turner is in a position because obviously the guy who's taken over was a goalkeeper yeah. and he must know, unless he's extremely confident, that he's not the best goalkeeper at the club as well. Ooh. Even if he did go up and, as you say, make amends to an extent with the save just before the Gibbs-White winner. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Gibbs-White then because, my goodness. What a player. Yeah. And interesting, he said post-match, credit to the manager for sticking to his game plan and the way he wants us to play. It showed out there today. So, you know, praise for Nuno. He's not been there long, of course, but Things have, you know, in terms of results, certainly improved. And and you hate saying that, for, for, you know, for old Steve Cooper. Um, but, you know, that 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 is the, the, the fact of it. Um, but Nuno said of um, Gibbs-White, we had Morgan Gibbs-White when he was 16, of course, at Wolves. Uh, but now he's a different man. And the credit must go to Steve Cooper because I find a different player. And that's fair, isn't it? But Gibbs-White, he's one of those players, Jim, who... Not quite sort of Grealish at Aston Villa levels, but when he plays... There is a swashbuckling nature to yeah. him uh, with the skills and, and chipping in with some of the goals and so on, which is just wonderful to watch. Absolutely. It's pleasing to have a player um, or to see a team really build themselves around an individual player in that way and that mm. player to then deliver and step up. And maybe he is the sort of player who needs a platform like that. Perhaps Wolves weren't prepared to give it to him at the time because actually, you know, he's very young. Thinking about it now, though, but this, this could have been a bit of a difficult situation for Gibbs White Nuno's Espirito Santo coming back in yeah. like, oh god it didn't quite work out there maybe it's the, maybe things will change but clearly yeah. he he's the main man now it's a good fit isn't it and they spent a lot of money on him there's a lot of question marks about it at the time but mm. it's really sort of pleasing to see him develop and thrive I mean can, can an England call up be, be far away is that unrealistic yeah. do you think the ability's there I mean like he's, he's definitely one of my favourite four or five players in the Premier League he's amazing yeah. to watch that's right on his, on his day but you're right Jim it's about Forest finding the platform for him, mm -hmm. and it's about being a little bit more solid. It's, it's felt like the form of uh, the, the shape of the midfield has not been quite right. And you know, if Nuno does anything, it's solidity. I think it was maybe you said, Marcus. You know, just because people remember that poor spell at Tottenham, mm. but actually remember most of the period at Wolves. Yeah, mm. he, he did an amazing job. I yeah. think that's the thing to say about Gibbs White as well is that Cooper backed him to do that role because he'd worked with him. The England at England at Asian yeah, level, and right. that that was that was a big um, big point that Cooper made. That like I think this guy can mm. carry the responsibility of you know being the driving force in midfield and also being the creative force. And one of the reasons you know I, I I'm, I'm with Andy. He's one of the, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. And part of that is because he's got such an open remit. Yes, and it's quite rare to mm. see that in the Premier League. Everything seems very everything is very structured, and a lot of the time you're we're excited by the players who do expansive things within those parameters but it feels like he's you know his horizons are a bit more broadened because he's he has to be that player for Forest and I suppose for England the thing will be right mate you know you've, you would have earned this call up mm -hmm. but got to turn it down a bit you can't, well, can't, be, can't be bombing off here and there we, we've yeah. got other players to do that and I suppose the question is can he be a bit more subdued totally I mean from a, from a neutral point of view again like 
I would want him to stay as as long as possible at Forest. Oh, Same. 100%. Because, you know, look, Grealish, slight comparison to Grealish, in, in terms of a footballer who we loved watching. And when he goes to Manchester City, of course, has to, 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 to learn and perhaps relearn a lot of things at a bit more industry. And, and Grealish is a better player now. There's no two ways about that. But again, in pure selfish, neutral terms. Yeah, yeah that, when, that's, that's a really good question on Grealish. You know, is, you know, maybe he's, you know, more of the finished article. Did you enjoy him more at Villa? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think that's Gibbs White is one of those players. I'm not yeah, saying he agreed. couldn't go to a bigger side, um, and 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 kind of still do that. But it's, again, it's but just, do we want to see him start once every three weeks? Yeah, well, or, or, or even just yeah, just be a watered down version of the player we see now. Because if you think about it, like you know, let, let's say when we're talking about this move, we're talking about top six, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you think of like how many players actually go in and are allowed to like be that flair player? Yeah, probably only Madison at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's right, um, but yeah. Another thing that was um, was was noteworthy that now I don't speak or or read Polish, of course, but a Polish TV channel covering this game was was seen comparing Old Trafford to the shopping centre in Manchester, the Trafford Centre, yes. and we're only going on um, a tweet uh, which um, uh, a chap called Jack put on um, on on Twitter. And you've got the big board, the presenter in front of it. Again, I've no idea what it is, but Manchester United is obviously the, the topic. And below that, you've got Old Trafford, two stars out of five. Trafford's at three stars out of five. Yeah. And the word in, infrastructure over it. Which I think we can have a guess at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Translating. Yeah, the chicken at the, the, the Trafford Centre is fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, isn't it? I mean, Man United are a global brand, as we know. Uh, they have a lot of different global partners in a lot of different you know, industries. Mm. But it's and, not for the Trafford Centre to get a mensch. Well, it is, but what I mean <laughs> is that it, it, it also means they're getting a lot of creative digs from all around the world at any one time. But isn't it, isn't it, isn't it remarkable that a broadcast from an overseas country yeah. is getting stuck into the quality of the match they experience? It's talking about a shopping centre. That's another way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, look, Manchester United, Vish, what do you make of it all at the moment? I mean, it... it the, the the game against Aston Villa obviously it was it was a good win and people thought oh, the manner of the performance as well were they playing for the manager a bit more and so on Andy was to be fair to Andy was 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 quick to kind of um, hush that kind of chat but some people thought that and, and, but it just seems to be the same old yeah yeah I mean I actually thought Villa were awful in that second half yes. like, let let Manchester United come mm. at them which is not the mistake that Forrest made yeah. mm. um, in this game yeah I mean it was it was kind of to be expected I mean. I suppose more and more what because because these results are happening so often actually the conversation evolves each time doesn't yeah, it yeah. and I think it's interesting that you know United have had Manchester United have had their fair share of injuries and you know two players in Casemiro and Martinez who were um important last season mm-hmm. um certainly the back end of last season Maguire as well uh, well Maguire has actually helped fill a fill a gap this season rather than last season mm-hmm. but you and yeah, sorry. You you made the point that you put Maguire forward because he's he's out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, more and more, you see some of the decisions that um, Ten Hag has made in games, really. So taking off Kobe Mainu, um midway through the Forest game, he made the point of saying that he's played a lot of games in a row. Didn't think the energy was quite there, which is fine. He brought on McTominay, who mm. tactically is quite ill-disciplined. Mm. Um, also, United's top goal scorer. So was obviously you know going going for that threat going forward, but it meant the middle was completely open, which which was evident for and especially certainly yeah. against the forest being led by led by Gibbs White. It's asking mm. for trouble, yeah. But, yeah. but especially seeing how the first half played out as well, and yeah. seeing like you know just 
fair enough, Kirby Manu might have been, you know, lacking a bit of energy. But someone there is better than no one there, surely. <laughs> yeah, you'd think um, so. And, but that, and that's a really basic point to yeah. make. But, it, but it's, some, it's, a, it's a decision that he made. And I think more and more, in, in part because of the Ineos takeover and, uh, you know, Dave Brailsford being present at the last two games. Brailsford, who, I, I mean, we can get into the weeds of this. I, I don't really, I don't necessarily think he has a track record, not just in football, of, of making smart, smart decisions. I think, I, you know, I, I know he's, a little bit more than being on the shop floor, but what were you I saying about so. someone's better than no one? A couple of minutes ago, <laughs> I think, there, there, I think there's, 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 there is a bit of that. Sure, mm. yeah. Um, I think if you if you look at some of the Andy, would you rather would you rather um, autopilot in the, in the cockpit or Kevin Keegan? The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always work that. Uh, I, I, I would I would say you know if you look at you know I I do a lot of work in cricket and he was on a high performance panel um, after his lost ashes in 2022 and. <laughs> But if you if you look at some of the things that he uh, pushed forward as um, remedies to a structural system and how many actually came to pass, he basically got, gets paid for talking high performance speak. That's that's, that's before we get to uh, signing Casper Schmeichel and Aaron Ramsey for Nice. Oh yeah, there's also that as well the yeah. because he wasn't involved in there. But basically, basically turn this all around. We're in a, it's going to be in a situation here where I think I mentioned it before, but the they're going to be brought. They're going to be officially feet under the table mm-hmm. and have to make a decision over yeah. the future of Ten Hag mm-hmm. and I think as each day goes by yeah. you feel like more and more that decision yeah. which they may deem as you know, for popular reasons above anything else will be to show Ten Hag the door but yeah. I think the idea that it's going to massively change his transfer window is is, is nonsense well, presumably, well they can't they can, they can only really well, so financially they can only really get in loan signings can't mm. they mm. well that actually is ideal though in a sense isn't it because it it Gives um, Walt Weghorst, Odie Nogalo, yeah. <laughs> previously. Last time, Ibrahimovic. There's been, you know, there have been some good ones as well. When it I say it's ideal, millstones, well, in, it? indeed, it yeah. means they they've, they've going to make a decision on Ten Hag one way or the other. They're probably not going to do that without, you know, giving him a little grace period. Unfortunately, timing wise, that that is a January transfer window. But they, you know, exactly, they're they're not going to go and saddle them, themselves with players that the next guy won't want. Yeah, but the loan market is looking interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think Ferguson signed Larson though, didn't he, on that loan deal? So that Possibly. was a, that was a little while ago, I think. But, but still, <clears> you know, there's a rich history of it. There's a very rich history, <laughs> that, which it, might get richer Jim, now. And there's certainly a history of it, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there, I mean, there were reports. There were reports in December that they were weighing up a loan move for Mauro Icardi. Here we go. Now, again, you know, sometimes when you see an oil fire and like <laughs> you know you've been told, actually, just you put a blanket over it, you starve it of oxygen. Yeah. But out of impulse. You might throw water, or in this case, a grenade into it. <laughs> he scores goals. Yeah, scored at Old Trafford this season, is not he? That More counts. than a lot of yours can say. Uh, he knows. I mean, he knows the pitch. The, 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 the idea of this is extraordinary to me. Obviously, extraordinarily exciting. But Galatasaray really pushed the boat out to bring him in permanently. Why would they loan yeah. him? Six months later, because of the it, it because of the nonsense off field, yeah, because there, because of the because, drama, because apparently, uh, you know, a few weeks ago there was chat that Wanda and uh, Amaro are back together. They were never really apart, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the, 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 the interesting thing is if United signed him at this point, I don't think it's likely, but if United signed him at this point, it would be the most current United thing to do at the moment. He hasn't trained for about two and a half months. Because he's carrying an injury, so he's just playing the Jesus games, Christ. and his performance is getting worse and worse as time mm. goes by. And he's been brilliant for Galatasaray, but obviously, 
like you know, we're not talking Paul McGrath here. I think for a forward player, it's extremely difficult. So you're saying you might not press? Is that what you're saying, Andy? <laughs> he might, he might not press. <laughs> Never would. He's not anyway. hard. You say you might not be able to work as hard as he normally does. Is that what you're Can saying? Can we get Andy? back to him and wander in the matching pajamas, please? I mean, that's that's actually quite yeah. tame for them, isn't well, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the weirdest thing over Christmas was the matching black eyes, wasn't it? He um, <laughs> did he run into a post in a game? Yeah, he was uh, claiming that it was a challenge from I think it was Alexander Jiku and um, in in the derby with. Fenerbahce, for which they probably should have had a penalty that given him the black eye. Mm. And obviously the Fenerbahce fans, and Edin Dzeko's properly into it, he was promoting it on social media as well, that later when Icardi walked into a post, ran into a post, that's where he got his right. black eye. But yeah, Wanda, Wanda gave herself a matching one oh, with, uh, with, with, a, with, a, with a bit of makeup. A little bit of solidarity there. Former Manchester United man, Cristiano Ronaldo has proved that there is life after Old Trafford. He finished 2023 as the top scorer in men's football with 54 goals. He's, He's done it best. again. He's he done it again, Jimmy. <laughs> No, I mean, that is impressive. I mean, it is impressive, isn't it? It's no Why are you slagging it, then? I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying he is the best. Is that, is that what we're doing now? We're making graphics for Portuguese TV. <laughs> or Polish TV, Andy. I mean, yeah. what, what's the, uh, what's the shopping centre like in Riyadh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he recently told Roberto Martinez, Portugal manager, of course, that he wants to reach 250 caps for Portugal. He's currently on 205. <laughs> told. And I was about yeah. to say, the terminology <laughs> is important here. Um, he told him. He rec- I think this is an error, actually. He recently told Roberto Martinez that he will reach 250 <laughs> caps for Portugal. Do you reckon Martinez goes in the dressing room and goes, lads, we're going to have to have a whip round. <laughs> All in the black bag. Yeah, a lot of late substitute appearances, maybe. I don't know. Um, speaking of Saudi, a little Steven Gerrard update for anybody. Um, it's been now two months. Um, he's gone without a win at uh, Al Etifak. Um so, yeah, he's struggling. We spoke about the lack of uh, English coaches or the, the lack of quality English coaches on, on Saturday's mailbag. And it looks like Gerard's Saudi trip isn't going to plan, which is a shame. That's awkward, isn't it? Because, you know, at the start of that run, you know, there weren't football in Saudi Arabia. It wasn't really a thing. But no. because Gerard made it his life's work to, you know, improve the knowledge of the sport in the country... Slowly, slowly, they find out he's a bit of a fraud as a manager, aren't they? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know about awkward. that. That's, that's, that's is he the setting thing. them back. Is yeah, what he's setting himself back by bringing them forward. But that's the thing, isn't it? The that's way that, selfless. The way that the Saudi Pro League is conflated in a in a, in, a, in a media sense, in a worldwide media sense, um, makes us think that oh, it's about discovery and it's about you know it's, it's like going back to Vic Buckingham and you know missionary kind of coaches but the football culture in Saudi is really strong obviously this has gone into a different direction with all the money that's gone in but if there's any football culture in which they're going to find out that he's a shit manager in the space of three months this is probably it um, gentlemen I'd like to uh, finish by talking about Crystal Palace 3 Brentford 1 um, only Palace's second home win uh, in the league this season but Michael Elise and Eberetche as a were scintillating vish. Mm. I know you're a fan of these two. We're all a fan of these two. Yeah, how but, can you not be? But yeah. my goodness, Elise when he plays like that, a fantastic footballer. We talked about Gibbs White, you know, with that sort of, I don't know. Fun, one. just fun. Yeah, that, that mm. sort of very, very fun and um, eye-catching kind of stuff. I want these two to stay at Palace as long as possible. I know Hodgson um, is not the most adventurous of coaches sometimes, but... You know, there are times when, you know, they are let off the leash and, and, and you know, the players behind them have to do the kind of the, the more of the kind of industrial heavy lifting. But when when performances like that happen at Sellers Park, it's just wonderful. Yeah, and at Sellers Park feels like the, the key thing there. I think one of the 
one of the more enjoyable things about those, I suppose this particular performance, because we're talking about it, is how you can tell the crowd are excited by it and, yeah. and that sense of thrill that passes mm. through the stadium because, yeah, obviously Palace's home support is so good, but there's that sense that they, they're always, they are very appreciative of these two players that they're watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, in part because of what we said earlier, because there's an element of them being let off the leash a bit. Like, Eze's, you know, really come on leaps and bounds. You know, he was a brilliant player at QPR. He started um, in a very accomplished way. But I, I, I like the fact that he's doing a lot more through the middle. Yeah. And, you know, the the drive for the goal and the way he took it with his left foot as well. It's just such a, such a clean attractive player to watch and actually the flourishes maybe do him a little bit of a disservice there because there's like a level of tactical acumen and just like general like match control mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily associate with players like that like at least say you feel like dives into a game every now and again does something remarkable yep. and then like sits out a couple of players but Eze is always involved yep. at his best he's always mm-hmm. involved at least it's more that you, you think of him being a, a wide player do you know what I mean yes, he's yeah. out there yeah. and, and when yeah. you can get the ball to him depending on you know as I say how adventurous Palace are feeling on that day or how the opposition is marking him and, and, and so on but he'd been, I mean recently he's been been absolutely brilliant um, despite that though Roy Hodgson wasn't very happy at full time you surprised me yeah well um, when asked about the speculation surrounding his job he replied emphatically I'll tell you what I really think I'm 76 years of age I've been working for 47 years I've got a CBE for my services to football and I've got a CV which is incredible <laughs> speculation makes no difference it isn't out of any interest to me at all and to suggest that it should be is disrespectful proper like let's not take the piss here oh like, yeah the extended version like the director's <laughs> cut like <laughs> this is the disco version yeah <laughs> but people are only asking because of the stuff he said at the start because you're six, you, 76 because you've been working in management for 47 years yeah. that's why they're asking yeah. I know I know there was a clip of him recently when he was at training like and he's pinging balls into the players and they're like 76 and you've, got, you've just got to admire it and he said yeah. didn't he when um, oh, I forget who interviewed him they were, they were walking around the palace um, training complex and you know he was saying like yeah of course it keeps you young all this kind of stuff you know and, but, and he's still got the, the, the love and the passion for it but <laughs> I think it's really interesting how much he's been piqued by this how much mm. he's been annoyed yeah. by this because I think there is a sense that something needs to change at Palace in the, in the medium term. Now, look, they they brought him back for a specific reason to, do to a help job. them yeah, to help them get over a, a difficult period. But they do need to be thinking to the, the the medium and long term. And I think it's understandable a bit like you know, maybe Jupp Heinkers at a Bayern although it's slightly different obviously. That that feeling of it's it's not a great feeling yeah. for them to be planning the f- future while you're still there. Yeah. And he's someone who as we can see from that, he's always falsely characterised as a modest man. He's not a modest man. No, I at I, all. I, I do I do agree with that point. Um, by the way, the, the the beauty, the great reference, by the way, you Huntington, and of course, I, I I agree with what you're saying. The great thing about that was because it was Guardiola coming after. Hank signs off. There's the treble, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Beat that, Pep. <laughs> what are we thinking? FA Cup for Crystal Palace. Yeah, Watch there we go. There you go. There we go. That'll Top that, sunny boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you can. Out dance Pardew on the touchline at Wembley. <laughs> that would that would be that that the ultimate finish to his palace career. Roy's really. not dancing like that. It'd be an old fashioned waltz or something. He's not <laughs> ballroom doing with himself. Elise. Yeah, the Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, now you're talking. That would that would be a surprise to us all. Even old Roy himself, you you would say. Um, Brentford though, 
Tell you what, I mean, speaking of um, bad runs and so on, five losses in a row, just four points Mm. above the relegation zone. I mean, this was such a crucial match for both sides. Well, we said the other day that they can't sell Tony now. No. They've put themselves in the position where they they can't sell him because it almost certainly equals relegation. Well, not almost certainly equals relegation. It almost certainly equals a relegation struggle. Yeah, with the the injuries that... I don't really talk about injuries a lot, but, you know, some sides are clearly more affected and when you have specific players as well you know and Buemo being the, the obvious one you know it re, re, they really are suffering even though they weren't actually that bad in that game and on another day maybe they'd have got something out of it but Tony coming back yeah they, they need to be back in the squad from the 16th of Jan um, so we shall see and can he make that push into the Euro squad in the summer that's the big question Vish, isn't yeah it? that's the only thing anyone at Brentford is concerned about <laughs> <laughs> hey, if he got into the Euro squad it would suggest he's probably played quite well yes, and that is beneficial yeah. to Brentford you see the big picture also contains the little pictures <laughs> loads of little pictures yeah. <laughs> oh dear um, friend of the ramble Nesbit commented on our Patreon page recently if you ever want to hear a pitch perfect Bernie Sanders impression I Asked Jim to do his Roy Hodgson impression. <laughs> I was unaware of this. Far away, Jim. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go through the quote. <laughs> I'll tell you what I really think. I'm 76 years of age. I've been working for 47 years. I've got... So you know, I can't I can't do an impression if I have to think about it. I can yeah. do a reactive impression yeah, and it'll right, be all right. right. But I'm just going to abandon that. Yeah, you're totally Michael Caine. I can, I can see the Bernie bits in that, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just sort of a Cockney Bernie. Yeah. I like it. I do. Let's like not it. take the piss here. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. Hey, I'm Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what it's a trap. Yeah. Admiral Akbar Sanders, yeah. that was. Well, there we are, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Vish, Andy, and I will be back tomorrow alongside. Luke Moore. Um, so uh, get your ears around that lot. Do follow us on X, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vish. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 
Hello, Ramblers, and Happy New Year. We've already given away one 50-inch Toshiba Fire QLED TV, but there are two left. We've also restarted the draw. So it doesn't matter if you'd entered in the last round, you have another shot at a TV, and you'll need to enter again. So to enter, just search lnk.to forward slash ramble competition in your web browser. That's lnk.to forward slash ramble competition. Then pop in your email address, and you are done. Plus, if you sign up to the Football Ramble Patreon, you will be entered twice. We'll be announcing our next winner on Friday, January the 5th. Please note that only UK listeners are eligible to enter. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.